While I love giving you actionable tips focused on specific areas of your business, sometimes we need to pause to navigate the highs and lows of being a business owner. And the thing about these challenging moments is that it's easy to feel isolated. Everything rests on your shoulders. You feel like you can't openly talk about things and you wonder if anyone else experiences the same. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone and everyone experiences it, whatever it is. And in this episode, I'm going to prove it by talking about some of those things we often don't want to say out loud. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Before I start, if you're a tutor, I have something to tell you that you might be interested in. This is not an advert, by the way. I have no affiliation. I am just saying it because I think it could be quite cool. And that is that the Tutors Association Awards are now open. Now, obviously, this depends on when you're listening to this. But if you're listening now, as in in February 2024, then head over to their website and check it out because you don't even have to be a member to enter. The reason why I'm sharing this is because firstly, how cool would it be to say award winning in your title? And if you're already award winning, multi award winning. And secondly, what a great opportunity to document and celebrate everything you've achieved. I'm not even talking about winning here. I'm just talking about the process of writing your application and talking about all the amazing things you've done. So head over to their application form. I've made your life easier by popping the link in the show notes. And let me know if you do. I'll be cheerleading from the sidelines. Now, let's get back to the focus of this episode. As liberating as being your own boss can be, it can also come with some challenges. And while I can't change that, I hope that by the end of this episode, you'll feel a little less alone. And it would make my day if you also walked away with some clarity about something that may have been niggling at you. So I'll start with the thing that possibly challenges all of us at times, but especially relatively new business owners, and that is comparing ourselves with others. Now, I'm not going to tell you to stop comparing yourself because it's human nature, but what we do with that comparison is what's really important. I went to the Tutors Association networking event recently, which is why they're kind of a bit top of mind. That's why I mentioned the awards. And I got into this really lovely conversation with a relatively new franchisee who is still working another job while she builds up this new business. She was saying how hard she's working and how that's what it's all about. You have to work mega hard, especially when you see what everyone else is doing and realise you need to be doing more. She had me until that point, and I did gently disagree with her. I mentioned how, yeah, it is hard work for sure, but I didn't think that that's how it has to be all the time because we go through seasons in our business. Sometimes we need to work a bit harder than other periods, like her, she's launching. But the part that really got me was how comparing yourself to what others are doing should spur you on to do more, and I don't agree with that. I mean, in a way, it was good that this franchisee actually felt motivated and energised by comparing herself with other people. 
But more often than not, I speak to people who feel overwhelmed by it and dejected and not good enough. And that's why I'm talking about comparison as my opening point. It is inevitable. We all compare. But if you don't manage the effects, it can be pretty detrimental. So what can you do? Well, as I talked about in our last Mastermind wrap up, one thing we need to be certain about is how everyone's story has a context. So at the moment, I don't have any dependents. My husband is supportive. I'm a night owl. And generally, I have quite a lot of stamina to work really long hours. It's not a good thing because it often leads to overworking, but it is a fact. I also have the budget now to hire people to help me in the business. So it means that I can have lots of different moving parts in my business. But what if your circumstances are different? What if some of the things I do wouldn't even be relevant in your business? I had quite an amusing conversation with a client of mine whereby she is more than fully booked. She already teaches five days a week. She has a waiting list that is way too long. She isn't even slightly looking to grow that side. She has no more hours to offer and instead she's thinking of other income streams which is the thing I'm helping her with. Well she came to me saying how overwhelmed she was because she didn't have email marketing set up or multiple social media channels and it was triggered by her hearing business coaches saying how you needed these things and other people around her doing it. But the panic and overwhelm soon disappeared when I asked her, you're on a six figure salary, you have no more hours to give. Why do you want all of these marketing channels for tuition? So be mindful and stay confident with why you do what you do and how you do it. Because I was on a Facebook thread recently where someone was just dipping their toe in the water of considering leaving teaching for a tutoring career. And she asked whether making a certain amount each week was possible. And I felt so sorry for her when I saw the number of comments where people were flooding her with how they make so much more than that. And you could see her getting confused and asking questions like, hold on, you're saying I need to create a brand. How do I create a brand? I mean, my head was spinning just reading it. And some of these comments were from people who had been in business for six years, 10 years. I mean, this poor person had been in business for zero years and was already overwhelmed. I contributed to the discussion and I made a point of highlighting that she doesn't need to compare her chapter one with other people's chapter 10. And again, it boils down to context. Someone I used to know was a serial entrepreneur, but she had ADHD and insomnia. And the combination of those, these are her words, by the way, not mine, meant that when she had an idea, she could make it happen fast because she worked all night around the clock. Now, I work a lot, but I can't and don't want to do that. The trade-off? I won't have as many businesses in such a short space of time as her, and I'm okay with that. I might not have been, but I am because I'm looking at that all-important context. So that's comparison. Quite honestly, I could probably do a whole episode on that, but I want to continue being a ray of sunshine and move on to the next challenge. The problem of so many ideas and having no idea where to start or how to start. Now, here's some good news. I am not going to tell you, just start. Instead, I'm going to start with a tip and that is to have a way to dump those ideas somewhere and unclutter your brain. This is transformational. I used to use a notepad, but I would get frustrated because I couldn't remember where I had made notes about specific ideas and so on. So now I use my digital task management or project management system. You've probably heard me mention it. My favorite is ClickUp, but there are loads on the market. 
regardless, however you do it, have some kind of system of being able to dump ideas. Because when you do, the fact that you A, feel more clear-headed and B, have somewhere more visual to see your ideas, it means you naturally fall into that headspace where you're better placed to make decisions. Now, this episode isn't about how to choose an idea strategically and so on. This is about managing that overwhelm of ideas. So I'll carry on on that track. Something that I have grudgingly had to accept is that I can't do it all and I can't do everything now. So some things can simply happen later. For instance, a while back, I really considered hiring tutors and I have come back to the idea a few times, but the sheer amount of work versus the payoff, while it is small, keeps putting me off. So I may do it later and I've recorded all my ideas and all my research, but I simply don't need to do it now. Now, that might not be the best example because hiring tutors doesn't massively excite me right now, but there are ideas that does. And sometimes I will just shelf it with the mental note to come back to it later. But sometimes I take a different approach and I split my idea into phases. I'll explain. Something like hiring tutors is almost like starting a new business. It totally changes my tutor business model. But the ideas I have to develop the tutor's mastermind don't require a new setup. They are just enhancements and additions to something I already am offering. So with those, I put them into different phases. Again, on my trusty ClickUp board, I have one dedicated to my mastermind growth plans. And I have lists labeled phase one, phase two, all the way to phase five. So when I have an idea, I put it in the phase according to how soon I think it makes sense for me to implement it. For instance, I wanted to set up an affiliate scheme for masterminders, which I've done now. And that went into phase two because phase one was the big job of moving everyone to the new platform. But my idea to have some kind of roadmap for people to follow based on where they are in their business, it didn't need to wait for anything really. I didn't have to wait for everyone to move onto the new platform. So I popped that into phase two as well. But other ideas like having associate coaches or having weekly implementation hours and so on, well, they have been distributed across later phases because I'm not ready for those yet. So the summary of what I have just explored is that the way I approach new ideas is to dump them somewhere so they aren't forgotten and can be revisited at any time. How I dump them depends on the ideas themselves. If they are fresh ideas that require fresh setups, they get shelved until I'm ready to launch something new. If they're ideas that will enhance what I already offer, they go into my phased growth and development plan. Now, I'm looking at my notes and I have at least four more scenarios to talk about, but you have things to do. So I'm going to talk about just one more challenge and save the rest for another episode. And my challenge of choice is a hard one. Our narratives. I'll tell you what made me think of this. I have a client who cannot stay focused on a task. He starts a task. Let's say he starts watching a past mastermind video. He then starts taking notes and starts taking action. So far, so good. But while he's taking action, he'll pause my video because his action has just triggered another idea. So with full intention to return to the paused mastermind video, he takes a quick moment to jump onto YouTube to just watch something about his new idea. And that video leads to another one and another one. And before he knows it, he has gone down a rabbit hole and he has also started multiple tasks, multiple ideas, but he has finished none of them. Does that sound familiar? 
Look, no judgment from me. I have done this plenty of times. About 10 years ago, when I was 32 and I was a school teacher, they gave me the day off to mark a whole bunch of coursework. Don't ask. It was a messy situation and I needed a day off timetable. Anyway, I got so bored, I ended up watching YouTube and I somehow went into the world of plucking eyebrows. Mine were perfectly fine, by the way, and I had never plucked them. But before the day was up, I hadn't finished marking the coursework, but I did have freshly plucked eyebrows that were a little too thin because, well, that's what you do when you pluck eyebrows for the first time. So anyway, I digress, ironically. But my point is that I get it. I'm not even slightly shaming my client for doing this because I've done it plenty of times. But you know me, I like to try and give you some kind of solution that you can mould to suit you. So what do we do about this? Well, this one isn't quite as straightforward because instead of me giving you some kind of practical tip, it really boils down to mindset and your narrative. I knew this client wasn't ready to take suggestions of how to stay more focused because he kept saying, oh, that's just how I am. See, he might well be right. That might well be how his brain operates, much like mine at times. And while we may not be able to change that, we can change how we respond, if we want to, that is. Now, a quick caveat, I know this can really depend on factors like if you're neurodivergent or if you have certain medical conditions. I'm not a doctor nor an expert in any shape or form on that. So I'll just say that the tips I'm sharing are ones I've found useful. I'm not saying there is or even needs to be a solution for absolutely everyone. So back to it, the narrative. I'm a really firm believer of speaking things into existence. So for the longest time, I have been saying I am rubbish on video. And you know what? It has made creating any kind of video content such a chore. That's why you don't really see much video from me. But the irony is, is I'm actually fine on video. I mean, I'm not slick, but I'm good enough. But my narrative has blocked me. Interestingly, I've always said how I'm quite a private person too. And I have to admit, I do struggle to be just totally me on this podcast. I'm getting there, but I just seem to slip into my default role of dishing out as much value as I can. And there is also that narrative of why would I share personal stuff? Who would even be interested? But you know what? I went live in the mastermind just last week for our monthly wrap up. And honestly, I was less prepared than I normally am. I'd written a couple of bullet points and that meant that I just had to speak authentically and unscripted. Not like this podcast, I do script this. And afterwards, I got this really lovely message from a masterminder and she said, I loved your live. It was really personal and so you. And yet I didn't even try. I was just myself with the masterminders who I feel totally safe and comfortable with. And because I didn't have many notes, I had more room to just be me. There was no script. If, however, I had intentionally thought, right, today I'm going to be personal, I just wouldn't have been able to do it. And part of it would have been that narrative of how I'm a private person. I don't know how to share things about myself with a wide audience. So here's the hard task I'm going to round up this challenging episode with. I'm going to ask you to ask yourself what narrative you tell yourself that blocks growth. Now, some of you will be like me, where you find that really hard to admit and you'll almost feel defensive. And some of you will be better at being reflective and honestly self-critical, if that's the right term. But if you can, find that narrative that you say, sometimes without even thinking. It could be something like, I'm rubbish at social media marketing. I'm so bad with words. I'm so bad with numbers. That's me, by the way. 
just a few examples there just to get the ball rolling, but you get the picture. If you're struggling, quickly pause this episode and try and think of some narratives that you know you tell yourself because sometimes it's unconscious. Now, ask yourself for each narrative that you may have listed, is this true? Or is it something you're speaking into existence? Even if you don't do anything about it, just acknowledging it will be powerful. Right, I don't know about you, but this episode feels quite heavy. I need to stop. But I do have one request. If you're listening and you've thought of a challenge that you face that I haven't talked about, drop me a message. You can find me on social media, email, wherever. Drop me a message because I have a list of some challenges that I didn't get around to talking about today. So I'll add yours to the list for a future episode. In the meantime, I really hope you leave this episode feeling a little more reassured, if nothing else, that everyone experiences these tough moments, these mindset challenges. You aren't alone. And I hope you have some ideas or sparks of ideas of how you can overcome or at least find a path through some of these challenges. Thank you as always for spending your time with me and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.